This is Sports Point. Sports Point, the latest in sport from Highland Prestshire and beyond. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Ramsey BT, and you're listening to this week's episode of Sports Point. Joining me this week is Fraser Lindsay, our sports reporter. Hi there, Fraser. Hi there. How are we? Oh, good, thank you. And we have our guest this week, who is Aberfeldy Multisports Organiser, Richard Pearson. Hello and welcome, Richard. Hi there, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. And uh, I have to admit, I'm a little bit out of my depth, but uh, here we are. We're going to be talking about sports tonight. Um, I'm sure we're going to be learning a lot. Uh, it sounds like you guys are both have this depth of knowledge with Richard. You organise this whole event together and Fraser, all your enthusiasm behind the whole passion, really. So I just want to start us on our first topic, which is the Aberfeldy Multisports Festival. So perhaps maybe just to get us going. Richard, can you tell us what the event is and what it's all about? Yeah, sure, Ramsey. So we've got, it's a two-day festival. Okay, so we start on Saturday with the Drummond Hill Trail Run, which is a 10K trail run starting from Kemo Recreation Ground and and going up, as the name suggests, around Drummond Hill and following the, the banks of the River Tay back to back to uh, Kenmo. And then in the afternoon, we have Go Swim Lock Tay, which uh, there are different distances that the athletes or the swimmers can take part in, ranging from 250 metres, which is aimed at, at children and novices, through up to a 3K, three kilometre distance that, uh, that they can do. And then on the Sunday, that's the big one, that is the Aberfeldy uh, Middle Distance Triathlon. Um, and that is a 1900 metre open water swim in Loch Tay, uh, a 90 kilometres bike round uh, the stunning Highland Perthshire scenery. It heads up round Loch Rannoch and then back to Aberfeldy. And then they have a 21 kilometre run uh, down on the north banks of the Tay along the Strath Tay section of the of the tay back to the little village of Strathtay and back to Aberfeldy. And Fraser, have you filled in the uh application form to sign up yet? Oh damn, we've just missed it. Next year. We, now. we can give you a late entry, Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there reporting, uh, but thankfully I'll just be behind the camera. If I'm in front of it, I'm going to be red-faced, exhausted, breathing and they'll probably have to get all your med- the medics out there just to come save me because it sounds so intense but what sort of preparation is involved in getting this all together yeah it's it's an interesting one because it, it it's one where you can do the individual sports and you can train for those individual sports and uh, and yet pulling it all together is is actually the most difficult you know that transition from in particular from bike to run is is not very intuitive to the to the body you know you go from uh, feeling quite jelly legged when you start when you start running and so the preparation you know i always suggest to people to to incorporate what they call brick sessions into their training so that includes uh, you know a fairly intense bike session and then a just even if it's just a 10-15 minute run straight off the bike 
and uh, to get the legs used to that feeling of, of running off the bike. And uh, I suppose there was a lot involved in getting ready to uh, partake in the whole event, but there also must be a lot on your side in just trying to get everything together. What are you doing to measure things such as the COVID guidelines? Yeah, it's that, you know, that's proved, um, no, I was going to say prove really difficult. No, it's, it's challenging, you know, and obviously we, you know, our aim is to keep people safe. And when I say people, I mean our athletes, the communities that we're operating in and our event staff and volunteers you know we've got to we've got to do that and we have we always have a full eye on on the guidance and you know that guidance has obviously changed now we're below level zero as as the scottish government has has indicated and we uh, but we we very clearly follow the still following guidance we're encouraging people to um to wear face coverings in in uh, in indoor areas where uh, we've created a what we call a time trial start, uh, which allows uh, athletes to, to physically distance um, where at the start, because that tends to be quite a crowded, crowded area. We've extended the length of finish line as well. So we don't have athletes crowded round at the finish line and um, just just things like that. We've we've sort of created from a volunteer welfare point of view. We've looked at the touch points that the volunteers have with the athletes and tried to, you know, tried to remove those completely. But if not, put different sort of measures in, like, for example, in feed stations, it, it, we encourage athletes to become self-service. And so they, you know, the volunteers stand back, um, but keep the feed stations stopped so athletes can help themselves. And so the, the, con the contact with those, with the athletes is reduced. And then from a community point of view, it, it's very, you know, we are very mindful that it's, uh, you know, we're bringing in um, a number of people into the community. We're, we're creating a, a crowd, if you like, in the community and that some people feel very, um, very aware of that. And it's a very sensitive issue. And so, again, we're just trying, we, we've been mindful of that and, and, and putting in those mitigations to ensure that uh, the communities feel safe as well when uh, when these athletes arrive. And just on that note of the community, I'm sure Fraser and I will be amongst the people start looking at it going, what is going on over there? Um, but um, um, I'm sure you've taken all measures as well to see how that integrates with the community in that sense of, will we see much disruption to roads or directions of people as crowds move through? Yeah, you know, the, I'm not going to lie, Ramsey. You know, it it's, it it will be. It, there will be disruptions. There will be delays. You know, we have got athletes on on the roads, but we are putting in we're putting in measures uh, where we can to to reduce that uh, that level of impact on the community. You know, with um, uh, with traffic management schemes in place. Um, you know, we we make sure that there is advance warning of the event, so uh, local residents can plan ahead. We make sure that that on race day itself, the courses are very well marked, uh, warning other road users that there are athletes going to be on the road. And um, but no, it, you know, I, I can't say that the, you know the communities won't be impacted by it. That, that those who are still wanted to move around. What we try and do is we try and communicate with those uh, those communities and say those people, those residents, and just say, look, um, yeah, th these are the times where you're going to be impacted on. Plan plan ahead. We're just asking people to plan ahead. 
um, it's for one day and you know we don't want to be a nuisance we really don't and we we want people to see the event for what it is and that we're promoting health and fitness we're promoting sport and um and we we're promoting the area as well you know people people are coming up from all over the uk um to one of the most beautiful areas um in the uk and we want people to see that yeah that's it because it must be just so spectacular to see what an incredible sight of so many people who are just so driven behind something like that to, to just go for it if people are wanting to go out and ha- have a look and see what's happening where can they spectate and what are the sort of rules that will be surrounding that yeah well the, the, the swim start is always a spectacular one you know particularly with the backdrop of uh you know the uh you know the 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 ben laws you know when you're looking up the lock it's just it's just stunning and and that backdrop is is amazing and you know we've had we've had a myriad of different weather as well and uh, from flat calm beautiful sunrises at that time of the morning to quite choppy choppy uh, water you know that athletes have had to contend with so again swim starts a pretty good place early early doors though um to see to see athletes and then the finish line in Aberfeldy again as you as you said Ramsey you know to see these athletes you know for the preparation they've put in to achieve their goals there um and when they go over the line the satisfaction that uh, the to to achieve those goals is fantastic to see and Fraser I suppose as someone living in Highland Perthshire um have you experienced much of the buzz of it since there's so many people coming in uh, do you have any memories of seeing it or just feeling how the communities reacted to having such an incredible uh, sport passing through? Yeah, I remember a, a couple, a few years ago, I was, went up for a, a day trip when it was on and took in some of it. It was absolutely sensational to, to go and watch the ability these athletes have for um, amateur athletes is, is quite remarkable. You know, I'd be exhausted just after doing the swimming, never mind having to do another two two legs on top of that. So, real hats off and kudos to the, those that are taking part. And I just want to wish them all all the very best. And uh, just like Fraser was saying there, Richard, uh, there are just some serious fanatics behind it. But it sounds like it must be so much to organise. Where does the passion for all this come from for you? For me, um, it's something that um, I, I've always been passionate about sport. My background is swimming. I was a county, county swimmer and uh, back in North Yorkshire and, uh, when I was a kid. And uh, I sort of got into running while I was at school, did a lot of cross-country running and, again, ran for the, for the county. And then, and then sort of, as a lot of people did, you know, in my, in my sort of mid to late teens, sort of fell out of sport a little bit, but soon got back in, into it again, because again, I missed it, you know, I, I missed it. And I started doing a lot of marathon running and, and loved it. And then moved up here in 97, and there was a very strong um, triathlon scene up here. And it was something that I'd, I'd sort of, dip my toe in back in England before I moved up here, but not really got involved with it. And the, the recreation centre in Aberfeldy, they they had a fantastic little event series going on. And uh, I got sort of, as manager of the recreation centre, I got sort of sucked into that. And and the community that was behind those events, were they, they, they were fantastic. They've just, and that support that the community, that close group 
of people has continued to to grow into the event that it that it is now. You know, in '97, we um, we had 90, uh, 27 people in that that event, and on Sunday we'll have six hundred um, racing. You know, and uh, it's been fantastic to see that and. And I and I've just got sucked into it, and and that passion for you know for creating these events that allow people to fulfil their goals and ambitions and things is is great. It's fantastic. Because I was thinking on this, and it seems like there's a lot of opportunities for young people to get out into sports, which is fantastic. But um, I think sometimes the room for adults, especially between working and family lives, gets squeezed a little bit. Why is it so important that there is that outlet for adults to go and celebrate the sports that they love? Yeah, I think, you know, and I, I think the last 18 months, this has really been, uh, you know, the the um, the whole, obviously, with the pandemic, the whole health crisis and, and uh, around that, you know, but but actually what's happened is it's it's it's. Uh, people have actually started to bring bikes out of the dusted bikes down that have been stuck in the back of sheds because they've had the opportunity to do that. They're I'm one of them. Excellent. <laughs> they've started running again. They've started. They've started swimming. Not not in pools because obviously pools have um, have, have been closed. But open water swimming. The growth in open water swimming over the last 15, 16 months has just been incredible to see. Um, we've got a number of open water swimming events and uh, just starting to reopen those now. And we've got waiting lists for those particular events. And and I think that people are so a bit more conscious of that now and about the benefits that sport can bring. And it's not it's it's physical benefits. Yeah. But it's the mental it's the mental benefits. And I think, you know, if anything what's happened over the pandemic, that has really it's really put pressure on people's mental health. It certainly has. And, uh, and I think, you know, physical activity has got a really big part to play in improving people's mental health, without a doubt. That is a trend that's came really uh, out of left field for me. Um, I'm sure you've seen a lot of it too, Fraser, online, with uh, so many people just getting into their, uh, their sweat, their so wetsuits or uh, even just their trunks or whatnot, and they're diving into the pools. Uh, have you been tempted at all uh, by the draw of the the water? Um, maybe not to that extreme, but I do like a trip to the seaside and enjoy playing about in the sea. That's about my level. But once the swimming pools reopen properly, then I'll be be back swimming again on a, a two or three times a week. It's something I do enjoy doing. Oh, brilliant! Is is uh, swimming sort of your sport outside of uh, everything else that's happening? Yeah, I enjoy to try and get some swimming. I think it's a, a great way to relax and, and, and keep fit. Uh, but you're not tempted to take it out into the open water yet? No, I don't think so. I don't think I have to, quite have the, the power to, to compete at that level. Uh, and I suppose, Richard, if people are tempted to try out different things, uh, I suppose, like you're saying, dust off their bikes, get into their water and dip their toes, or just get some running shoes on and just belt it out. So what would your advice be for anyone who's tempted to try something a bit different yeah I, i'd say go for it i said but you know certainly from a for example you know from an open water swim perspective just you know just think stay safe you know um uh you know obviously 
cold water swimming brings you know you've got to get used to that and um, you know obviously a good fitting wetsuit and you can also get toe floats as well toe floats are a great a great thing just to um just to a be a little you know there's always a big comfort there so if you do get into difficulty you know you've got something there and secondly uh, it, it, it's bright people can see you in the water and that sort of thing and wear a bright colored hat and ideally always go some go with somebody you know so just just in terms of open water swimming just you know be be careful and just think about it before you go in but yeah just you know in terms of getting out on your bike and running just just go for it you know it's not going to you don't have to spend a lot of money on these things either um you know just a, a good helmet a, a decent bike that's got you know that's mechanically sound you can spend an awful lot of money on a bike these days but uh, there is no need you know is, you can get that uh, um get that buzz just by just on any any bike but uh, yeah and and running um explore explore some new trails explore you know get off road um this we've got some wonderful um trails around you know forestry trails riverbank trails you know just just get off the road and explore those yeah i was just going to ask richard are all the people taking part do they take part in a, a championship or a series or is it just a, a one-off event for the for the prestige of winning this event so so the triathlon on on sunday Fraser is actually at British Championships, um, and uh, so the, the, you know this is why a we've got a, fair, a, a decent sized field, but secondly we've got such a spread of athletes. So these athletes will be coming from the south of England, uh, so south of the border, and they'll be uh, they'll be participating for podium medals. You know, um, so they will be. So it's a there's a, a wide spectrum of people going to be uh, going to be participating. Yeah. Fantastic. And I suppose the, the atmosphere of the crowd rolling them on towards the end must be exciting. Yeah, yeah, it really is, you know, and you get, you know, the finish line atmosphere that uh, is it's great. It's it's fantastic to to feel that and just to see see people, you know, it's uh, it's 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 a real joy to see people's faces of of accomplishment and uh, yeah, really good. Any names that we should be looking out for this weekend? Um, we have got um, we've got a female girl called Henrietta Freeman, who I think will be one of the top top females. Uh, Henny was a very very good junior, and um, she participated at Junior World Championships for GB, and then she she sort of uh, retired in inverted commas from the sport and started a family. And then she's she's uh, making a bit of a comeback now, and she's using she's had a couple of races so far, and she's using our race very much as part of her comeback. So I think from a from a, a female point of view, it's Henny will be up there. I think on the males, we've got a very exciting race. I think uh, we've got a Scottish guy, Andrew Woodruff, and uh, Andrew competed uh, three weeks ago in the full Ironman distance. Um, in in the Outlaw in Nottingham, and uh, Andrew, he, he was a debut Ironman distance, so that is a 2.4 mile swim, 100, 112 mile cycle, and a full marathon. And he went under nine hours for his debut. He went to, he went 8:53 or 8:54, something like that, which for his first one was incredible. And uh, so Andrew will be 
that will be snapping at the heels of a podium place on on Sunday. Shots for some Scottish success would be good. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great. Andrew is uh, Andrew's also part of the um, the Scottish national. He's a coach with the Scottish national squad as well, based in Stirling. So again, uh, it'd be it'd be really nice to to see Andrew uh, up there. Yeah. Do you think the pandemic and the, the fact there was no event last year has helped increase the numbers this year? Yeah, I think so, Fraser. I think without a doubt. I think um, people have just been chomping at the bit to get going again. Um, you know, and I think that uh, this is an interesting distance because, you know, it's it's a longer distance. It's it, the preparation. and uh, But, out, you know, the pandemic has sort of, people say, oh, I haven't had time to train. Well, Probably actually they have had more. To, it's just the swim element is probably the one that they haven't been able to certainly get in the pool for. I think, as you say, it's great the crowds come out and support it. But I think at the same time, it's just very sad. At the same time, you get the number of people that they complain about it. You know, you give them more than enough notice of the events going ahead. Yeah, they still have to take to social media or complain to local local newspapers saying that uh, they were affected by the, the event that's taking place. And you just think, like, this is a great event that's coming to your area. It's bringing great money to the local economy. Support it. Why are you creating such a fuss? You know, you've had time to make your plans accordingly. It's also you've just decided on the morning, yes, this is happening and it's going ahead. Yeah, I think it, it is sad, Fraser. It really is, and uh, you know, you do get frustrated with um, with social media at times. People hiding behind uh, keyboards, and it it really is frustrating. And uh, you know, I, I just feel that we're not doing a bad thing. Uh, it's one day, and we're putting in we're putting in all these measures to to, as you say, to communicate with the community. We're putting advance warning out there. People have got time to plan, and uh, and it's for one day, and you know, we create, we we're promoting health, we're promoting fitness. We, we, I just don't feel we're doing a bad thing, and it's uh, it is frustrating when you hear, when you see and hear these things. Yeah, you know, especially when you look at. Oh, sorry, Fraser. Sorry, I was just going to say, especially when you look at another local event that is coming up very soon, the the ETAP with the cycling. You know, you look back to that two or three years ago, and the the, the vandalism that was done to track and the. The risks it caused to the cyclists just because local people objected to it coming through the, the local area. You know, it's just really don't understand why people can be so nasty in that way. No, and that was a situation. You know, I I was fairly close to that that time when the the course was sabotaged, and that was really really dangerous. That really was. That could have ended. Um, that could have been awful, horrible. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, we've got uh, so much to look forward to this weekend. Um, just like you're saying, spectacular sights with so many people going through. And uh, I think uh, I think a lot of people will be looking forward to it, Richard. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. And I hope, um, you know, I think, uh, I hope the community to come out and support it and, and, and are, you know, impressed by it. I really do. I hope, I hope that uh, is the result of the weekend. So what time did you say the first people will be entering the water on Saturday morning? Yep. So first, first athletes will enter the water on Sunday morning for the triathlon at quarter to quarter to seven. Um, so, and we expect the first athletes back um, around about uh, twenty to twelve. Uh, that'll be when the first athletes are back. Yeah. What's it? What does the course record stand up? 
Uh, the course record is uh, is being set up for. It's it's a difficult one, is this course records because it does it it, it does very much um, uh, relate to conditions as well. Because if you've got a flat can swim, you've got a very fast swim. Um, if you've got a windy bike course, that can slow the bike the bike time down. But the the course record is four twenty two. So um, let's see what the conditions are like on Sunday. There's some really good athletes that could get close to that. Yeah. Ramsey, no butter to you, eh? Oh, pardon me? No butter to you. Four hours 20 for you. You'll be fine. No, no, it's all good by me. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. Four hours <laughs> 20 just for the swim, maybe. Yeah, that'd be pushing it a bit for me, I'd say. Uh, I'm quite happy just to sit behind the micro <laughs> microphone, sit here, and let everyone know what's happening. Uh... So that's just one of the... Uh, fantastic sports events which is coming up uh, that people should be keeping their eye out um we've just had the olympics that have came and gone by now uh, and team gb doing quite remarkable by keeping up uh, their their gold standard i think this year they got just as many goals as they did in 2012 which uh, for, for our little small nation is really not too bad i'd say but now we've got the paralympics coming up and uh there's gonna be some interesting events coming up uh with different characters who we've not seen before um, how are we feeling about about that following up after Tokyo? I think it should be good, yeah. I think GB always has a, a reputation of being a, a strong nation, so there's no reason to suggest that they can't have another strong games like they've had for the last number of games. I think it'd be great to see. Richard, yeah. will you be tuning in? Definitely, yeah. I think you're right, Fraser. I think you know we've we've got a very strong team going out there. You know we've got the, some strong swimmers. Ellie Ellie Simmons is uh, is there. I think this could be you know Ellie's. This must be about a third Paralympics now, so she'll she'll be uh, she'll be looking to you know to to get some medals out of that. So she's she's there. And we've got Karen Dark in the uh, in the hand cycling as well that we know quite well from from triathlon as well. You know Karen's. Um, you know, Karen's a silver medalist from from 2012, and uh, and I think she's she's you know going well at the moment, and I think she could she could definitely medal, yeah. But Richard, do you maybe want to tell us a bit of your connection with Karen and? Uh... Yeah, well, Karen, Karen, she came to, to back in 2014. Karen came to do Aberfeldy, uh, Aberfeldy Middle Distance Triathlon, and I, I got a phone call from from her one day. I was uh, in the office at the recreation centre and. And the receptionist put uh, came through, and she said, "Oh, I've got I've got a, a, an athlete um, wanted to know if she can do the middle distance, but she's uh, um, she's a she's a para para triathlete, and she'd like to talk about it." So she came on the phone, and she told me all the history. And Karen broke her back climbing on the Old Man of Hoy, and uh, and she. You know, just an incredible athlete, an incredible person, just so driven and uh, strong-willed. And she she did the swim. Um, she did the swim quite slowly because she she had to do it backstroke because her, her uh, paralysis caused some problems with her breathing. So she constantly she couldn't have her face in the water all the time. And she had a swim buddy with her. And then she did the she did the bike um, on a uh, a tandem uh, cycle on a tandem uh, uh, hand cycle, and then she did uh, she did the run on a racing wheelchair, and uh, and it was just incredible to see, 
absolutely incredible. And it was, and, and then she went on to, uh, you know, to uh, to be the silver medalist in in uh, in London, and then hopefully she'll she'll medal in in uh, in Tokyo. And uh, do do we know what she's going to be up against when she gets over there? I'm not sure, Ramsey. I'm not sure who she's going to be up against across there, but I know that there's some very strong, uh, strong Russians out there within the within the hand cycling uh, team. But um, so, but I don't know exactly who her rivals are. No, I always find uh, hand cycling quite uh, remarkable because I've been out on, admittedly, and a lot of people probably think less of me for this, my, my e-bike. I've been out uh, cycling um, by the river. And uh, there was someone who was uh, on hand cycling and they just soared right past me. Uh, and I, I was just really taken back because uh, I, I was giving my all and I had this whole battery behind me. But uh, there they went. And uh, there's just no stopping people who've got that kind of yeah. mentality, that, that determination, no matter what gets in their way, they're still pushing through it. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible, isn't it, to see? It's great. Uh, I think so much of the Paralympics is, is really um, trademarked for that with the... Uh, it's 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 different because you've got the people who overcame um, not just the physical challenge, but then the mental challenge too. Um, Fraser, is there anything particular you're looking forward to once the Paralympics comes over? Uh, no, I just think it's, as you say, it's just all remarkable. You know what these people have been through. You know, you were talking about the kind of breaking her back. You know how you overcome something like that to still compete at such a high level. Just bit beggar's belief. You know. If that was to happen to me, then I wouldn't know where, where to start. So, yeah, I just think it, as you say, it just really does um, find it hard to understand the well-power these people have, but they should be so proud of themselves to do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, Fraser, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and I think uh, we'll, all be we'll all be cheering on Karen when she gets up, and uh, there'll be so much to look forward to once it comes on. And uh, I suppose moving on to our third topic, um, Fraser, I, I'm hoping maybe you could explain to me, I don't know really how to pronounce the name of this place, um, but uh, St. Johnston have drawn against, oh no, this has to be so embarrassing. <laughs> Did, yeah. you, can you pronounce it? Musk from Austria tonight. Well, can you say that again, please? Musk. <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> no chance. Um, so can you tell us what's new there? What's been happening with um, with the team? So last week, St. Johnson played against Galatasaray in the, the qualifying round for the Europa League, but unfortunately went to, down to defeat by uh, four goals to two. So therefore tonight they've gone into the Europa Conference uh, last qualifying round to play against the Austrian team, Lask. And if they get through the game uh, between tonight and next Thursday, then they'll go into the Europa Conference League, which will guarantee European football in Perth up until Christmas time, which will be quite an achievement. So there's a lot of injury on this side. There is, yes, a lot of money to be made for St. Johnson after such a successful last season. It'd be a, a great way to, to follow up and a, a, a great way to mark the, the fans getting back to, to football as well. So what do you think the team's greatest worry might be coming up to this, this match? I just the, the, the team they're playing have had a, a very mixed start to the, the season, but so, so have St. Johnston, but St. Johnston have a very, a very settled team. All the players know their roles very well. They've got a very strong defence, which they, they build their, their success upon. 
And then they've got uh, a couple of new signings, in particular, Glenn Middleton, who they've brought in from Rangers, who's a real danger man up front. So I think they've got a real a real good chance. Certainly tonight they were winning 1-0 at half time. So if they could hold on to that going into the return game at McDermott Park next week, then they certainly have more than a good chance of getting through the tie. And of course, we don't want to jinx it with any predictions, but uh, how are you feeling? Do you think this is going to go through? I like to think so, yeah. I think Callum Davidson has done a really fantastic job since coming into McDermott Park. Everyone thought he had a, a big job to do to fill in the void that Tommy Wright had left, but to be honest, he's uh, done more than anyone could imagine winning the, the two Cups last season, the League Cup and the, the Scottish Cup was absolutely remarkable. And so to get through to the um, the group stages of a European competition would just be uh, the icing on the cake. And uh, just how closely have you been following uh, the football, Richard? Um, yeah, a little bit. I um, I sort of fell out of love with football. I was a big, you know, when I was early, when I was younger, I used to love my football, and I sort of fell out of love with it a little bit. But no, I still I've, I've been, you know, I do I do tend to want to follow local local teams as well. So I do follow Saints and see how they they're getting on. So it's been great to see European football in Perth. It's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant. You know, look at the game last week. It was great to see a, a full McDermott Park, ten thousand people packed into McDermott. It's been a, a long time coming. You know, just for so many years, they've struggled to attract more than three three to four thousand, and to see McDermott Park full to capacity of ten thousand last week, and the atmosphere was absolutely superb. So hopefully, many of these fans will keep coming back on a regular basis. Yeah, great to see. Great to see. Uh, and Fraser, are Saints your team? Are they your favourite, the ones you're cheering on the most? No, I'm a I'm a Falkirk supporter. Ah, <laughs> well, Fraser, where where did your passion and love for football start? Uh, just through my dad, he got me going from a, a a very young age, and then just since then it's just grown and grown, and just can't get enough of, enough of it to be honest. My fiance always says to me that she likes football, but I drive her mad to a, a different level about it. <laughs> no, I'm always impressed by the fans who just can break down the numbers and the years and everything. It's really incredible. Can Can you remember your first game? And I'd be going back to probably maybe about 1993 when Sterling Albion played at their old ground at Anfield, which is now a uh, nursing home and I'm sure they were playing against I think it was uh, Srinvar and they, they won by uh, four goals to three so it was quite an exciting game I remember very little about the game but my dad just always tells me I was more interested running up and down the terracing than watching the football <laughs> but I think that's it though I think so much of uh, passion, the passion behind the sport starts for people from a young age do you think um, that family connection taking fathers taking their sons and Families taking a day out is kind of what's keeping the sport uh, so energetic. I think so, but at the same time, I think so many clubs miss a trick by over overpricing it, especially just now when when times are hard for so many people. I understand times are difficult for football clubs as well, but at the same time, it's it's not easy for the the, the general supporter as well. You know, people have been a lot of people have been laid off work recently, so I think. We need to make more effort to try and encourage people to to go along and try and price it accordingly. I know St Johnston do a great scheme where you can get one adult and um, 
two kids under, I think it's under 16, can go for free. But not enough teams do things like that. They just uh, price families out of it. And that's what, where they need to get the families going. It's uh, the young supporters that are the, the future of the game at the end of the day. Have you felt the squeeze at all? Have you had to uh, maybe miss a game that you might have wanted to see just because the pricing was just too steep? Yeah, certainly. Um, I think this season, this will be the first season for supporters coming back. So I think I'll have to be a bit more selective with the away games that I get to this season. It's not like before where I knew it would go pretty much every week. I think I'll be a bit more selective at this minute in time. And it's usually quite a big night of a big day out. Uh, are you usually hitting the pubs afterwards? That nah, tends to be just a case of to the football and, and straight straight back home. Nothing too <laughs> righteous. No, keeping it wholesome. That's it. Well, um, it sounds like uh, there's a lot to look forward to in sport at the moment. A lot of uh, exciting things happening. We have, um, of course, the football, which is happening on, uh, and we have the Par Paralympics, so really something for everyone. And, of course, we have the triathlon and all the other multi-sport events coming on up over the weekend. So uh, I think uh, people who are enthusiastic about it, the sports have got to, a lot to look forward to. Yeah, for sure. There's no, never a dull moment in sport. There's always something going on to, to catch somebody somebody's imagination, whether it be the local events like the the triathlon to, to fire a field lift, the Paralympics taking place in Japan. We've got the US Open tennis starting at the end of this month. There's just always so much going on. It's so hard to, to keep on top of it all. And Richard, do you have any words for the people who want to come and spectate and the people who are participating over the weekend? Yeah, absolutely. So if, um, you know, just just hopefully everybody's just there looking after themselves and just, you know, have the best race, you know. You're going to find hand clappers at the end for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be a remarkable atmosphere. And, um, you know, thank you very much for everyone for taking the time to come and uh, uh, share that all tonight because uh, there's just so much good happening at the moment. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Richard, for your time tonight. No worries. Thanks, Razor. Sports Point, a Heartland Multimedia Production. Find out more at www.heartland.scot.